Today I give a, a shorter sermon on purpose because of we, our officer installation. But this sermon serves as the charge, the charge given to elders, to deacons, and to the congregation as we look forward to a new year of ministry. And I have entitled this sermon, You Can't Do It Alone. You cannot do it alone. I'm going to give you a a quote. I have what I call my living teachers and my deceased teachers and or living mentors and deceased mentors, and one of them who's living, his name is John Piper. I like to read John Piper. And he wrote a definition on spiritual leadership that I like. I may have read it before, but I'm going to read it to you again, because it's important. I want you to hear it. This was a day, this is a day that we've set apart the beginning of the year to recognize and put into place our spiritual leaders. John Piper writes, I define spiritual leadership as knowing where God wants people to be and taking the initiative to use God's methods to get them there in reliance on God's power. The answer to where God wants people to be is in a spiritual condition and in a lifestyle that displays God's glory and honors his name. Therefore, the goal of spiritual leadership is that people come to know God and to glorify God in all that they do. Spiritual leadership is aimed not so much at directing people as it is at changing people. If we would be the kind of leaders we ought to be, we must make it our aim to develop persons rather than dictate plans. You can get people to do what you want, but if they don't change in their heart, you have not led them spiritually. You have not led them spiritually. You have not taken them to where God wants them to be. Our passage is Exodus chapter 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel his people, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her home, meaning Moses had sent her home, along with her two sons. Excuse me. The name of the one son was Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And the name of the other son, Eliezer, for he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he was encamped at the mountain of God. And when he sent, and he sent, word, and when he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them in the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel, and that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh 
and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood around Moses from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear themselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. And you should underline this. You are not able to do it alone. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves, so it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. You should underline that too. And they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You'll be able to endure, and all this people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Our Father and our God, we come to you now to give your word to your people, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give light, that we would see clearly, and that we would worship you accordingly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There are several things I want you to see today. The overall theme is God's provision for His church is always on time and according to God's Word. God's provision for His church is always on time and according to God's Word. The first thing I want you to see here in the life of Moses is this. God placed Jethro into the life of Moses. God, creator of the universe, took a man, placed him in the life of this other man 
for the glory of God and for the sharpening of this leader of God, but also to develop God's people to be healthy and strong. Jethro cared about Moses. He's his father-in-law. And Jethro cared about God's people, Israel, the, the church of the Old Testament. And, and Jethro, as you see here in the text, he, he's observing the life and the calling of Moses. He's paying very special attention to what it is that Moses is doing. Sure, he comes and they, they fellowship and he hears the great, the mighty, the wonderful things that the Lord has done through Moses and for the people of Israel. And then as he sits to uh, judge the people, to deal with everyday life, Jethro is watching. He, he, he's watching and, and he, he saw some future problems. He says, Moses, you are going to certainly wear yourself out. You can't keep this up. These people, they're certainly going to wear themselves out too. They're going to get tired of you at some point in time. <laughs> Jethro, his major observation, though, you see there in verse 18, Jethro says, Moses, you are not able to do it alone. You're not able to lead this great mass of people all by yourself. That was never God's intention for you. There's, there's other things that can help you and this people out. You can't do it alone. Jethro saw a better way. He saw a better way, and he, he provided a structure for Moses, a simple structure. To Moses, he says, you teach God's people God's word. Your primary calling is to give the people the word of the Lord. Teach them the commandments, the statutes, the judgments of the Lord. Judge among the people only with the great matters that come up. Only when major difficulty arises, deal with those issues. But for the people of Israel, I give them this structure. You use this structure, Moses, and it's just a structure, but a good one. Appoint leaders. Appoint leaders, and he gives qualifications. He gives him qualifications. And, and listen, he says, look for able men, able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy, who hate a bribe. Place them over the people as chiefs, thousands, hundreds, fifties, and of tens. Are you watching people? The people who stood here this morning are people you all have been watching. Let these people judge every matter among the people. And then he gives what I call great advice, wonderful advice, advice that if I were Moses, I would have loved to have heard this. In verse 22, uh, so it will be easier for you, <laughs> and they will bear the burden with you. You won't do it alone. When I look at that and I think about the, 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 the New Testament, I, Rhonda Tilden and I were having a conversation uh, just on Friday about she's in the Scripture. She's doing some good study. And I said, the Bible is an incredible tapestry, perfectly woven together. And she said, amen. <laughs> Here, Jethro is giving Moses advice in the Old Testament about being one body. And in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus says he's building his church, one church, not two churches, one church. He appoints these apostles and he gives them 
he, the word, gives them his word. He gives them his authority to go and to teach and to build his church. And those apostles give structure, structure to God's church. And we follow along accordingly that we'll do church together. That we'll bear the burdens of each other together. Jethro says, if you do this, if you, if you follow what I'm telling, if you listen to my counsel, God will direct you, and you'll be able to endure. You won't, you won't give up. And all these people will go to their place in peace. And of course, that's the ideal, and we often run away from the ideal. But it was truth. It was good advice. It was good counsel. Which leads to the second thing I want you to see. The first was God placed Jethro into the life of Moses. And number two, God placed the Bible into the life of the church because God wants his church to be faithful, fruit, f- faithful, fruitful, and healthy. God placed the Bible into the life of the church because God, because God wants his church to be faithful, fruitful, and healthy. God wants atonement to be equipped. God wants atonement to be equipped. Pastors cannot do it alone. It's interesting. You know, I, I, my, my dad was a pastor. I come from that five generations of Baptist pastors. I've been in a lot of different churches. And it's interesting to see how people think the pastor is the one who's to do all the ministry. Well, the Bible didn't teach that. didn't teach that at all. Paul says God has given pastor teachers to do what? To equip the saints to do what? The work of ministry. Amen, Brother Little. You don't have to say Amen. Pastors cannot do it alone. They were never meant to. Jesus did not minister alone. He chose 12 men to invest his life and kingdom program into. Jesus' apostles, they provided instruction for faithful, fruitful, and healthy churches. Pastors are teachers of God's people. We give you God's word. We pray for you most definitely. We are primarily teachers proclaimers of the Word of God. Why? Because God forms God's people through God's Word. If you, if you never hear me say anything else, do hear that. God forms God's people through God's Word. And when you have a weak church, when you have weak people, and here I'm talking about spiritually weak, it's because you're not in the Word could be the preacher's note of no count. <laughs> and it could be that we are just not saturated in the text of Scripture. God wants atonement mobilized. Mobilized. Elders are shepherds of God's people. God's given us a plan, a structure whereby we are to work. Deacons are models of service, sympathy, mercy among God's people. The congregation, you, members of Christ's body, you exist to worship, to feast upon God's Word, and to be active in what I call the King's marching orders. Be making disciples. Amen. God wants atonement empowered to thrive, to thrive in life and ministry. And that doesn't mean every day is happy, happy, clappy, clappy, smiley all the time. That's not what life's about. But life for the believer is depending upon God. God is faithful. God is present. God wants atonement empowered, equipped, mobilized, and empowered to thrive in life and ministry. 
2020 is a, is, is a new season of ministry here at Atonement. Ryan Mowen will be the new senior pastor. I'm calling him the pastor-elect. He's going to be He's going to be examined by the Northeast Presbytery on this Tuesday, so do pray for him. It's tough when you stand before these people and are asking you all these questions. It's the last step for him in coming here. Today marks a new session and a new diaconate for 2020. Congregation, God calls you this day to listen to and, and to work with the session and the diaconate. Session and diaconate. God calls you this day to listen to and work with the congregation according to your respective offices. This year, this year will bring new ministry. You know, you, you, you will all have the opportunity, members of this church, and this is for members of the church, and I do want you to become members. I know some are not, but I want you to become members. Amen. Uh, Brother Little. Um, you will also have the opportunities to work with our elders and deacons in 2020. And, you know, as we organize and as we develop new committees for ministry in the life of our church. In the month of March, just to give you a preview of some things, all five Sundays in March, we'll, we're going to have Gateway and Gateway Junior. Gateway's for adults. Gateway Junior is for children. Why? Well, I've received a number of emails from people who have been visitors with us for a while. We want to become a part of this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, God will add to our number for his work. God wants our church, your church, to be faithful, to be fruitful, and to be healthy. I brought this great big notebook up here. I wanted to show you very briefly. I must hurry. For four summers when I was in college, I went away to something called the Summer Beach Project, and I absolutely loved it every summer. On Saturdays, we'd have to go out on the beach and do beach evangelism. We called it cold turkey evangelism. Had to go up and talk to people. I didn't know. They didn't know me. But to go out and share the gospel, I was scared to death. But I did it. I did it. It, it, it taught us to get out there and talk to people. But what I love, the reason I'm showing this to you is this. We had a, an order, a structure of how we did things for the whole summer. We had a theme for the summer. We had trainings. We had teachings. My very first summer, after the first summer, I, I saw this great, great gathering. We call it a parachurch organization. <clears throat> we were meeting in a church, and it was one of our, our theme nights where the, 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 the director of the project taught on the theme to the whole project. And you had uh, disciples, you had room leaders, you had team leaders, structure. But I remember thinking and praying to the Lord, Lord. I want to be able to do this in the local church as I get older. And I brought this to show you God is doing that among us even now, feeding his people, organizing us accordingly. I pray that the Lord blesses us to be strong in the Lord, not in ourselves, strong in the Lord, that we would do great ministry through the power of the Spirit of God and according to the Word of God, Church of the Atonement, God has been good to us. He's poured out His grace on us. May we serve Him by His grace. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, I do thank You for the church. I thank You that You are still calling out men and women out of darkness, calling them into the marvelous light of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You're still joining people to Jesus. Your plan goes forward undeterred. Though the nations are in an uproar, your plan is marching forward. And Lord, let us always be mindful that we are the light of the world. We are the city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. May we be strong, God, in Christ. May atonement be faithful to the word, faithful to the calling, fruitful according to your grace and mercy. And Lord, may we be healthy. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.